Happy Monday, everyone. Hey, Dave Storm. How you doing? I'm doing great, Sid. How are I, you? We didn't even say the name of the podcast, but I think people know what it is it's by now, right? It's the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. It is the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. And today we have two guests that don't really work at restaurants, kind of. Yeah, Maybe. we do that sometimes. Uh, on my right, my man Dustin. Dustin from the Black Cat Bar in Bowtown. How we doing, Dustin? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. And you do a bunch of other stuff and we're going to get into. And over here on my left, we got Neil from the Pantry. Neil, have good morning. Good Happy morning. Happy Monday. Is today a day off for you? Today's normally a day off. I yeah. got a couple projects that are lingering that I got to go in and take care of. Yeah. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Um, Neil, the pantry. Uh, you're here in Ballard, but um, for people that don't know, can you uh, can you just tell us a little bit about what it, what it's about? Yeah, so we <clears throat> we've been in business. It'll be 13 years in July. Um, we like to call ourselves kind of a community kitchen. What that means is we like to get people interested in food. Craft making, whole animal butchery, cheese making, um, farm camps, that sort of thing. So, um, so you don't operate as a traditional restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the weeks kind of look different week to week. Um, we normally have two classes, um, both Saturday and Sunday, and then either two dinners Friday and Saturday night, or we do two classes. So we try and do four about four classes a day, sometimes midweek. It's hard to get that lunch class sold for sure. Right. Um, people come in for private events. Um, how did, like how did this all start? This started by the owner, Brandy Henderson. Uh, she kind of had this idea years ago when she was working at Delancey with Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the space kind of opened up uh, right on the backside of Delancey, and she kind of expanded um, into the next space. And so now we have two different classrooms. One seat's about 16, and the other seat's 12. And uh, how big is the uh, space? I mean, I, square footage wise, it would be hard. I mean, just imagine one big uh, black walnut table. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Sixteen people around it. Stove ovens behind the teacher. Um, yeah, it yeah. looks like a nice space. I was watching and some of your videos last night. Yeah. How, how long ago did it open up? It's twelve years. It'll be thirteen wow. in July. So. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. I cool. Mean, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that more. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dustin, uh, on top of Black Cat, you also do a couple other things. What uh, what's what what are the other fun things you do? Uh, we just opened up a uh, music and art company called Skyline, and we make art out of vinyl records. And we just opened up a storefront uh, manufacturing facility and art gallery on uh, First and Yes, or not Yesler, uh, Seneca, just two blocks south of the market. Yep. So we got that going on. I uh, just started a um, commercial real estate f- um, holdings company as well. We just got a spot up in Wallingford. Oh, cool. And have a global consulting company called Blind Tiger Cocktail Company. We just teach people about booze. So I want to talk about the vinyl because um, we first met, uh, We I was doing the uh, Sub Pop dinner yep. and um, with, with Jose from Garzon, who is in the Black Cat. Yeah. So if you ever had Garzon's food, chances are you had at the Black Cat in Belltown. So um, good. So first good. of all, let's talk about that. Why, why do you not do food? Why do you have people come in and, and do the food? Well, prior to the pandemic, we did. We yeah. did. We had a whole full menu and everything. Yeah. And um, then, you know, like, when the plague hit, everybody struggled, and just the cost of food, the cost of labor, and all that stuff was just really challenging to kind of get back on our feet. Yep. And I just noticed that there's a lot of uh, folks doing like food trucks and pop ups everywhere that really struggling to kind of make ends meet, especially in the POC community and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, I went down to uh, Fair Isle Brewing, just mm-hmm. hanging out, and I met Jose, uh, Jose and Stephanie, yeah. and they just I was sitting. Were they doing them. a pop up there? They yeah, were, yeah. yeah. And like I'd showed up kind of early, and no one else was there, and they're just like, "Hey, man, you want to try our food?" And I was like, "Sure," and it was just. Absolutely incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, I offered them to do a couple pop ups at Black Cat, and they sold out every single yeah. time. So we're just and then like, they just never left. We got we got some chemistry <laughs> like going. You guys want to so, yeah. stay? 
Yeah. Oh, it was. <laughs> I was damn near begging them. It was just like you guys. They're just good people. The food's incredible, and I just love their story. How do you? Um. You know, I I used to do food out of a brewery, and and you know, I like these symbiotic relationships. How like do you feel like it's a fifty fifty split of people coming for food and then getting beers, or people coming for beer, or like? I mean, it's it's it symbiotic. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like just. Food and booze just work yeah. out really yeah. well, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're a match made in heaven. Yeah, who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave, how's your week been? What have you been up to? I have a, uh, you know, this this little cold snap's been interesting. Um, a lot of restaurants and just a lot of small businesses, period, have had their pipes break. Yes. Um, it's really slowed down. Like I think last week I was complaining about what a shitty start January has been for mm-hmm. business and yeah. this did not help. Yeah. Um, but luckily we had a, uh, you know, it gives us the opportunity to be there for, uh, other businesses. Like, I have, um, the hardware store behind me, Carmichael's, uh, their toilet literally froze yeah. solid. And yeah. so they've been coming over using the bathroom. I've been giving them hot water yeah. and shit. Um, but, uh, so, but you made it, no, nothing bad happened to you. No buck, Buckshot and my house are both good. We experienced, you know, we had a little windstorm up in the mountains. The power went out for a little while, but luckily it came back on quickly. Yeah. Um, before we all had to just throw, smush, throw smush together yeah. and get weird, trying yeah. to keep each other warm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know, working the food truck, it uh, can be, like you make that mistake once where you don't drain your your pipes, and totally. and, and then uh, after that, it's just yeah. Um, man, kind of a weird week. Um, I was driving to the uh, the um, far, uh, Fremont Market yesterday at like six seven thirty in the morning, and um. I always post about whenever this happens because like it's just such a bummer. But drove by local Tide and uh, oh, their, shit, I their, saw the their window was broken and um, and uh, yeah, just such a bummer because it's happened to so many other restaurants and like you know obviously they're friends and they've been on the podcast and they're just wonderful people. Um, and I felt bad because I'm the one that had to tell them. I texted him. I was like, hey, just so you know, you're wow, you're the and, one who discovered and it. And fuck, I did not. And like you know, what's funny. Like he was actually. Um, he just kind of took it with. He's like, I'm shocked because such a big, you know, he's right on 36th and like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Have you, have you uh, down in Belltown? You deal with a lot of break-ins or anything yet? Not as Not bad yet, as Ballard. Sorry. I yeah. mean, we've we've been broken into twice since the pandemic, but um, I mean, we're right there on first. There's yeah. lots of traffic, so it's not so bad. But I mean, like, it's Seattle post-pandemic, man. What was the process like? What was like, did they break a window and did they get anything? Yeah, they uh, they broke in through one of our garage doors. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the first time they. We have like this crazy like Terminator Two style steel door in our back, and they somehow found a way to wedge that open. And but I mean, we got security and stuff, and we got these guys on camera. But I mean, we're we're we keep things pretty tight, so I mean, yeah. they didn't really get away with a whole lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it just seems like it's it's just a hassle, just something I have to deal with. It's like when you get your like I get my um my uh, converter stolen, you're like cool, yeah. just just a thing I got to deal with. <laughs> like there was a there was kind of a famous uh burglar. In Georgetown for a short period of time, we called we, we, call, we called him the mole because he, <laughs> he, 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 he would take a sledgehammer. He hit. I remember he hit Smarty Pants and he hit some other places, but he would literally pound a hole in the wall. Is that just, what moles do? I, I, apparently, uh, <laughs> like the whack. It's what Georgetown moles do, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, yeah, he got the nickname the mole because like, it, like didn't, it didn't matter what kind of lock you had on the door. Yeah. He just put a hole in the wall and you know shimmy his little ass right through. <laughs> Well, um, 
and did people know who he was or like they just well knew eventually he got caught and then we realized he was um did know, he get the georgetown um the uh, beat down the georgetown, georgetown beat down <laughs> breweries brothels oh, no. we, and bare knuckled business we, we don't call the cops in georgetown <laughs> <laughs> um hey i do want to say real quick if you're listening at the end of this podcast we're gonna talk about the live podcast we're doing next week which i'm very excited about and we have a really crazy lineup and this will be the only place to hear about how to get tickets so uh just stay tuned i know um it's boring right now <laughs> <laughs> one one cool thing um, that happened this weekend too is we had some really cool friends pop out at Buckshot. Uh, Chef Shu popped out. Oh, cool! Yeah, no, we, oh, we, shit, yeah. yeah, we had a big uh, basketball tournament up there in Snoqualmie, and he was one of the parents rooting his kids on. Oh, nice! And uh, Noah from Larson Made popped out, and uh, it was really great to see them. I um I was at a, a dinner party and um I, I I always promote so I was handing out postcards and and someone um was like oh Buckshot Honey I was just there I love oh no they, I think they're like families from there and they they're always there I forgot their name anyway, cool cool um I want to get back to the pantry um so what uh what do you have up in the works I saw you have a fun crab dinner coming up yeah we this is a crab dinner that we has been on kind of rotation since I've been there about. So longer than I've been there, so over five years. But uh, yeah, this is a dinner where people show up, they bring their own stainless steel chopsticks, and they just like go to town. I'm I kind of got lost. So so the- yeah. So <laughs> crab dinner. So we run these. So let me break it down. So a couple times a month, uh, we'll run these family style dinners. Yep. We open up these bookshelves um, that separate the classrooms, and then we have um, a forty person communal five course dinner. And why do they have to bring their own chopsticks? I think people just like very get very particular when they're eating their shellfish, um, and so they're like, you know, I'm not gonna trust that these people have the right crab crackers. I'm gonna bring my own stuff from home. Wow, wow. That's so some it's, serious it's, shit. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's serious shit. I don't. I mean, is there any other situation? Do you own your own pair of crab crackers, Sid? <laughs> yeah. You definitely seem like the type. Um, I I do have a custom. <laughs> like like I, I have a holder for it. You have so a holster. Whenever, Keep them yeah, in a crown royal every, bag. Every time I go to the crab pot, like yeah, totally. you know, I'm like, no, thank you. I, I got my. What a own. trip. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then um. So do these. Din- you said the dinners sell out. Yeah, dinners. Uh, I mean, yeah. The hope is that they'll sell out. You yeah. know, sometimes we have. How so much does the dinner run? Dinner. This one's one sixty five. Um, so you get seven o'clock dinner starts. There's about three apps and some bubbles for a half hour. And then you sit down and then you have four savory courses, dessert, tea, coffee. And then Monday we send out the recipes for the whole dinner. Oh, no shit. Is it like seven and nine type thing? So no, nine. 9.30 9.30 to 10. I mean, it really depends. Question mark, question yeah, mark, yeah, question yeah. mark. See how it's going. Yeah. You know, so this crab dinner is l- takes a little bit longer because we line the tables with butcher paper. Yeah. And then after the main, we have people stand up, grab their you know wine glass, water glass, napkin, and then we roll everything up and then reset the table. So what, uh, what <clears> other <throat> kind of uh, fun pop-ups have you done? Like, what are some of your favorites? That I've done personally? Or just like at the pantry? At the pantry. I mean, you know, we, gosh, I mean, it's, over the course of five years, it's just been kind of a blur. But yeah. We've had, um, you know, these dinners range from we've done a Palestinian poetry dinner. We've done um, a cook for Iran dinner. I mean, so we've I feel like we're kind of just like always trying to stay tuned to things we should be. Do you feel like your your client base are usually the same people for the dinners or is it constantly rotating? I think it's constantly rotating. I mean, over the course of five years, you know, yeah. I, I know I'm going to see Jane Vale. She always buys out one of the crab dinners. Yeah. She's coming this Saturday, um, you know. So we have we have some long term supporters of the pantry. Right. So it's it's a good mix, I say. And then talk to me about the cooking classes. Cooking classes. I mean, yeah. So let's see what we got. Um, 
tonight, I think we have an Iranian stews class. We have a tavern pizza taught by um, one of my dear friends, Laura Pyle. She's basically the pizza queen. She does cool. many different kinds of doughs and things yeah. like that. And so she's just started with a tavern pizza class. Um, and how much are the classes? Classes, I think 150 right. kind of depends. Um, and like, walk me through it. Like, what I, if I've yeah, never so been to a, like, never been. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, show up at six um, p.m. 6 p.m. Yep. Uh, <laughs> is that a real kitchen job? <laughs> You're a little early. <laughs> Wait outside, um, smoke a couple cigarettes, and then you'll be ready to cook. I, I get up early, man. Yeah, so for a for a dinnertime class, you're going to show up at 6. You're going to you know throw in an apron on. You're going to have your own cutting board. You're going to have a recipe packet. We'll get you a glass of wine or sparkling water. Uh, and then you work uh, communally with whoever, who's ever there, and led by the teacher. Um, and then at the end, you're going to sit down and have kind of like a community-based dinner and and uh skill level does it matter i mean it varies you know we have like knife skills you know volume one for mm. for people just trying to like hone their skills at home and then we have um you know two two day whole hog butchery classes yeah, so it's no like, shit. um you know it's really varies and you know there should be something for everybody yeah, Who, yeah. who's your clientele <sighs> i mean clientele gosh i mean i think it's people who work from home maybe they get in a rut maybe they've taught you know have the five recipes off New York Times saved on their on their phone that and they're just kind of things they've been wanting to do. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, totally. Um, you know, but then we also offer things like kids camp. So summertime we do oh, six nice. weeks, Monday through Friday, you drop the kiddo off. Yeah. We hang out with them and and cook from ten to one. Oh, shit. Um last summer we did street food from around the world. Oh cool. So these kids are, you know, pressing tortillas and and making uh buy me rolls. And, and what what's the age group for that? We get with actually three different age groups, um, so it's like I think it's nine to ten, ten to eleven, and 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 eleven to thirteen. And if Dave really wants to learn how to make tortillas, can you sneak in or Dave can come? All right, I'd actually <laughs> we gotta check some paperwork, but we'll. <laughs> what makes you think I don't know how to make a good tortilla? <laughs> um, and then uh, I was gonna ask you, um, uh, with the classes for the kids' class, how much is that for six weeks? Oh, God, I I'm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I have kids and you're just trying to figure out what to do with them. Might as well. Dude, I was just, the whole time uh, when, when he mentioned that, I was thinking about like, so I had, to, I, I used to have to, after school, go to a tennis class. Not because I want to learn how to take tennis, but because my mom had no idea what to do with me until she sure, got yeah, off work. Yeah, yeah. And so I was in this tennis class and I enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun. And I'm, I'm pretty good at tennis. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, but it'd be cool to have a cooking thing like that for kids after school, you know, between like oh, yeah. three and five and then pick them up. Like, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just wouldn't want to deal with like a cut finger. <laughs> hey. Hey, it's, it's gonna happen. It's part that's, of life. That, that's what people get the super for. glue uh, and, and move on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dustin, where do you like to eat around the the hood? Uh, just a couple nights ago, a uh, good buddy of mine, uh, Elmer, just opened up a spot with his wife called Family Friend. Yes, I, I love Elmer. This. Yeah, yeah. So I went and, there and, what and kind checked of food it out. Is this? Uh, well, he's from Guam, so I think it's kind of like a combination of like uh, food from there, and there's like some Filipino twang to it as well. Uh, believe it or not, I'm a quarter Filipino, so. I, I was like, I got to go check out the nice. food. So, yeah, I had some killer, uh, some adobo tacos, and uh, they had a, a really interesting stew going on. But, yeah, I mean, it's just a small, it's like an old house. They turned into a restaurant, and it's just I love really cozy, and it was great. My, well, my dream is to, to, if I ever do a restaurant, I want to be able to live there. Yeah, that'd be kind of nice. I know it's like the zoning's weird on that, but... Um, 
Elmer and Paige, uh, Paige is my girlfriend, uh, used to work at Solari together, and oh, cool. uh, he was a huge supporter of Great State Burger when I first got there. Nice. Like, you know, he uh, was always wearing the swag and shit. And so, what up, Elmer? <laughs> thanks for your uh, um, thanks for your support. Who? Uh, there's so many great places in Bowtown. What are your uh, favorite Bowtown spots? Um, I mean, as far as drinking goes, Raquette is probably my favorite bar in, in the neighborhood. It's so good. I love that place. It's um, so good. I'm not familiar. What's so, what's so special about it? It's just like a really nice high-end cocktail bar without any of the the elitism and the ego. It's just like, it's really chill. My good friend, uh, Eric Hackenden, what's up, Eric? Um, <laughs> he used to run the bar at ZigZag for a long, oh, long cool. time. Um, and him and I go way back up. We've known each other for... She's almost twenty years now, um, but yeah, it's just like everyone at the uh, the whole staff's awesome. Kitens the the GM and bar manager there, and he's just crushing it and just really well balanced drinks, really thoughtful. Um, but it's just great service, just a great place to chill and bring a date. Yeah, but you ever you ever go to Vindictive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Th- those guys come into Cat all the time. Yeah, um, the when they were building out, they're like bas- we, we were like their office for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're all rad dudes. Yeah. Um, they made me enjoy something I've never liked in my life. I, can't, I for some reason I'm a very adventurous eater, but I can't do like blue cheese in any uh, yeah, yeah. in Capacity, any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I, it's just I don't know. It just weirds me out. But, but they like, don't they don't have ranch, so they don't. Yeah. So <laughs> I met them as well at Fair Isle Brewing. Um, yeah. They were doing a pop up. Yeah. And they're like, dude, we have the best fucking wings. And I was like, all right. Cool, you yeah. know, great. Let's try them, you know. And you're like, well, you got to try the blue cheese. I was like, nah, man, yeah. that's not happening. You're like, I don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. And they're like, no, trust me. And I was like, I, I don't though. <laughs> and um, no, it, it, and I tried it, and it was really mild, and yeah, it actually yeah. really uh, complemented the wings really yeah. well. And so I was like, God damn. I, th- it. I think I told the story, but like. Um, the first time I have them, I just want to try them. I got like thirty wings to go or something like that, and they were like really nervous about it. And they like were kind of like they're like okay, weird. And like I got them, and they weren't great. And um and like then I went to the the restaurant like months later, and it's like you know I talked about it, like they were my favorite restaurant opening last year, and mm. talked about an eater. Um, but like that's their thing. They're like they don't hold well, and like they you know just. Well, I mean, um, yeah. I mean, when you're doing pop-ups, I mean, it's just... It's a different beast. Yeah, um, it's diminishing well, returns. Well, I think, too, when you put them in a container and close the lid, the steam kind of sure. softens and, and, um And they're uh, they're aware of that. So, like, you know, I was talking to them, and they're saying, like, even for, like, Uber Eats and stuff, they set it so it's, like, less than, like, five minutes away or ten minutes or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Speaking of Uber Eats... Um, <laughs> I, I despise Uber Eats. Why is that? I just have... A lot of restaurants do. So, why why well, do you despise it? Um, during the pandemic, you know, they wanted to do the thing and i called some friends and i'm like god man it takes so much and they're like yeah dude but you know 60 percent of something is better than 60 percent of nothing i'm like all right i'm gonna do it but man it was really their drivers uh and and just the uh the timing of the food um having to you know sometimes it would take an hour and a half for them to come pick up an order that was supposed to be ready like right that. and then the drivers just became like i i had a mix of some really nice yeah. sweet kind human beings and some really douchebaggy yeah. people who would reach over the bar and grab yeah. like other people I'm like, yeah. hey, man. Yeah. it ended up getting to like hey man don't reach over the bar and him snapping back and yeah. me snapping back yeah. and being like fuck it man don't ever come here yeah. again you know yeah. and me calling and just being like i want to stop this this just isn't yeah. worth it yeah one of my customers got spaghetti instead of brisket and some lucky person out there got brisket <laughs> instead of spaghetti so uh th- yeah that was kind of like the final straw <laughs> um why are they always on the phone Excuse me. Why? Why the the Uber Eats drivers always on the phone talking to someone? <laughs> That's a good. They, they always come, like I always feel like they come in restaurants like talking real loud. Yeah. Well, they, you know they yeah. But it's like and the thing it's not not that you know they're not allowed to talk on the phone, but it's like I don't talk to anyone that long. I, I well, it's a great drug front. 
Uber yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they they probably got customers all over. They're like, all right, man. I've got to pick up this brisket sandwich, and then I'll be dropping off this. <laughs> well, so here's the interesting thing that happened this week. Um, so now Uber Eats in Seattle, or I guess I don't know if Seattle or just Washington. Um, uh, but they have to pay their their drivers at least twenty six forty an hour before tips. So now everything's going up even more. So they added a four like any delivery has a five dollar um local operations fee. So I'm just curious this morning. I went to Rachel's Bagels um uh on Uber Eats and for a seventeen dollar burrito they add on a forty nine cent delivery of uh fee, four oh eight service fee, a uh, the local operations for five bucks and then tax at two seventy two. So that seventeen dollar bagel turned to twenty nine twenty nine before Holy tip. Shit. So like with tip it's thirty six bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well and, and then you don't even know like the condition the food's gonna arrive. Yeah. You you lose all control. I I mean I don't know. I think a lot of restaurants don't like it but saw as a necessary evil during the pandemic. Um, obviously, everyone saw as a necessary evil during the pandemic, but it's time to get off your ass and just go get your fucking food. Like, you exactly. know, and, and the thing is, um, and sure, okay, I'm sure there's reasons to use Uber Eats. I'm not saying people, are, you know, they, they yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's funny, like, I was reading about this on Reddit, which is the worst place in the world, but, you know, they're just talking about how, like, now they're adding this $5 fee, and a lot of people are like, well, this is bullshit. Like, now these drivers are making more than I do. I'm a paramedic. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> Well, are you mad about the drivers making too much money? Like, I don't, you know, it just it's like that's the crazy thing to be mad about. Like, yeah, um, that's that's a weird one. Uh, um, well, that that whole like that five dollar fee is just like why we we have to pay your employees now. That's we're passing the buck on that one. Like, you see that more and more though. Like, yeah, like there's a lot of you know restaurants across the country that do their whole little like uh, service charge. Yeah, and then. Well, we've seen how that hasn't worked out for many yeah. years. No, it, it hasn't. But you know, a lot of it is just absorbed, or at least a portion of it is absorbed into the business. Speaking of yeah. toxic Reddit, like, like um, then it supposedly goes back, you know, supposedly, allegedly. Uh, uh, you know, it just happened with um with Ethan's bagel place, uh, where on Reddit they're like, attention, like, just so you know, he, uh, I forgot the name of the, his bagel place, but they they're adding eighteen percent gratuity. And all these people on Reddit just like, you know, blah, 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 this bullshit, blah, blah. And then uh, I was talking to Ethan about something else, and I brought it up. And he's like, oh, yeah, we removed that immediately, you know. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I think, I think um, I don't know, like, as someone that's been in the bar industry forever, like, what is your current take on the tip climate with, with? I mean, I'm old guard. I've been in the restaurant business for over 20 years. And, you know, I, I think that tip-based income should stay the way it was. I mean, it's it's different when it's restaurant focused, you know, and like, um, you know, a lot of people were complaining during the pandemic that people weren't tipping and mm-hmm. customers were getting shittier. It's like, yeah, but there's been difficult people forever, forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if, if you're good at what you do and you care about what you do, I think it shows through the service and that generally reflects on your tip percentage. I mean, um, like at Black Hat, we, we don't have a service charge and we mm-hmm. never will. Yeah. You know, we we the idea behind a hospitality is to genuinely genuinely take care of people and give shit about what you're doing. It comes back, you know? And like someone's gonna stiff you and someone's gonna recognize that you're truly doing great at your job and they're gonna take care of you, you know? And like one of the best things I ever did for myself when I was still bartending full time was I just stopped looking at my credit card yep, slips. Totally. Just yep. stop. Yep. I just didn't want it. To just you know, some guy comes Affect in you. Yeah. as an asshole, and then it affects my service for the rest of the shift. It was just like, hundred percent, dude. Just take care of people. Be good at I, what you do. Give a shit. You know. I would say a pet peeve for mine is when I see like a server like immediately like like on a dirty table like grab the check and like look at it like in yeah. front like like man yeah, that's yeah. have a little class. That's bad form. I, I know that's that's what you're there for, but you know, no, take it nice. Uh, where you like to eat, Neil? 
let's see. Um, <clears throat> Nirvana, that food truck in Ballard. The uh, pizza one. Yeah, I haven't had their pizza. There's I've, a food truck called Nirvana? Yeah. It's uh, kind of right a block, on the same block that uh, Cycle Dogs was on. Yeah, it's by the hospital, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they started out doing pizza and pasta, and then they've kind of evolved, and now they do like Euro plates, oh, okay. Euros, um, really lovely folks. Do, do the menu items reflect songs, like Teen <laughs> <Yeah>. Spirit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> delicious, love that for like a quick lunch, and then um, one of my favorite spots, uh, went there last night with my partner, uh, Cornelli, up on yeah. Capitol Hill. Um, What'd you get? We got their flying saucer pizza, fennel sausage, uh, garlic oil, moths, red sauce, mm. and then we got some of their fusilli, stracciatella, basil oil. <coughs> Delicious. That's good. I mean, Sounds great. I don't know. If I worked behind Delancey, I don't know. I'd just be eating Delancey. I mean, but it's pizza, right? Like, yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. you're like, maybe tonight's tavern pizza and a pint. Maybe we're going to Cornelli and having pizza and pasta. I mean, Delancey's definitely scratches an itch, and it's something very craveable, and they've created such a great community. Um, uh, awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love that place. Um, I do want to get back to the vinyl. Um, we forgot to talk about that. So we were talking about it. Uh, the first time I met you was at the Sub Pop thing where yep. you just donated because um, because Garzan was doing it, and, and that's how we kind of met, and you donated this beautiful uh, Sub Pop piece. But can you talk, uh, just explain for someone that doesn't know, explain exactly what you're doing over there. Totally, yeah. So uh, my business partner, Sean McClure, um, he started like hand-cutting vinyl records one day when he was bored in Australia. <laughs> he was out there just like hanging out and like he walked by some yard sale and these ladies were just like giving away these records and it was I guess it was like record heat uh in, in Melbourne I think he was in and so the the record started becoming a bit malleable and so he's just like I don't know like I'm gonna start like carving some shit into these records <laughs> and it ended up being really cool and, and um people were just like well what are you doing like and they wanted to buy them from him and he's like okay this is kind of cool yeah. so fast forward <clears throat> almost 10 years later and every uh, every Thanksgiving, I used to shut down the bar to the public, and for like industry and like locals in Belltown, I'd open up and I'd do like a self serve like taco bar and yeah. get like some sponsored booze and hang out and just like take care of the community. And Sean wa uh, walked in, is when I met him, and uh, he made a piece for Black Cat, and I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. So um, he's just like, hey, um, I noticed you have local artists and stuff up here. What's the deal? So um, I had him put up a bunch of the records up on the wall, and um, we sold. I sold more in one month than he'd had in three years. No shit. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So yeah. it was just yeah, really cool. So we like, um, I was like, well, hey, man, like you can just keep it here. All the yeah. I, all the money goes back to you. I don't yeah. pocket anything. And then he's just like, well, yeah, but you're the one selling them. Yeah. Can you help me make this to a real business? Yeah. And I was like, sure. So I just thought I was helping out a friend. And then the next thing I know, he gave me half the business. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, dude, just try to make this real. And yeah. so, yeah, we got the spot. And um, he, he was hand cutting all these things for 10 years, which wow. is just bananas. And um, we recently switched over to lasers. Just <laughs> and how much time did that save? A lot. I mean, some of these pieces <laughs> would take like four hours to two days uh, when he was doing it by yeah. hand, and now we can crank them out in like four minutes. It's, it's like your it's my Robo Coop. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and uh, so, and where do you get all the vinyl now? Uh, so I have a bunch of friends that own record shops around the city, and like yeah. uh, Light in the Attic's been really kind. They donated a bunch of. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, us. do you my take donations? Yeah, big time. Uh, my my good buddy Jason from Spin Sucker Records up on Broadway, he's been just integral in uh, getting us off the ground. So we get lots of lots of free records, and then you know we cut and build all the frames ourselves. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, it's just been a big transition from hand cut to laser, yeah. but it's it's crazy what we can achieve with that. And um, you you did some really cool pieces for my Run the Jewels uh, dinner yeah. this Saturday. Thank you for that. Um, you know, I, I'll just be honest. I was text. I was. I think I was just having a shitty day um, uh, the other day, and I remember I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, and we were. I think we were talking about the Run the Jewels thing, and then I talked to Sean about it. And what I told my girlfriend was like, yeah, I'm having a shitty day, but I'm really stoked to uh, be talking with like Dustin and Sean because like. Um, it's so awesome to meet people that like you know you just donated it for free like mm. don't know much about it um, but you you know you, you see what like you just want to be you know a part of the community and like and um, I'm so grateful for people like you like oh, thank nice you man. for donating the run the jewels thing thank you for the sub pop thing like um, I just like seeing cool shit happen and I feel like we're on the same wavelength and I remember I was telling you like just like talking to you and Sean that day I was like fuck like thank God there's other people in Seattle that's like to do cool shit and like like to be part of the community so thank you for Absolutely. everything you do. Um, so so with the artwork, describe some of the stuff you have in there. I know you do everything, but like, oh if, man, like if you're, if you're a fan of what, what can you get? I mean, just about anything. I mean, the possibilities are limitless. We do a lot of uh, music based stuff. I mean, that's kind of our our passion. But like um, lately, what's been flying off the shelves is we take these like we take we do layered ones. They're like three D. So we'll take like four records oh, and we'll yeah. cut different layers of like city yeah. like cityscapes yeah. and then put them into a shadow box. And those are just. We can't keep them in the shop yeah. right now. Um, but Sean's been doing some really cool ones. He, there's a Ouija board one that oh, people yeah, were that, just yeah. flying off the shelves, and we like even have like a little cut vinyl um, little piece to play the Ouija board with oh, and everything. Yeah. What's um, the price points on these? So for the the normal ones, just like the single records, we're selling them for 150. So they're yeah. really accessible and they're just ready to go. There's yeah. museum glass. You know, we make the the frames ourselves, like I was saying earlier. And then um, like the the 3D shadow box ones are selling for 300. Nice. Yeah. And then, um, what kind of like right now? What kind of artists do you have in in like in the store? Like, what what's the range of stuff you do? Man, uh, she's he's. I've seen like Taylor Swift and like yeah, just like a lot of like musicians and artists and whatnot. Um, we have some sport related stuff as well. Yeah. Lots of lots of cityscapes. Um, I mean, it's it's a cool botch one. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, botch botch uh, hits close to home. It's probably my favorite band. Yeah. I, I oh, saw no them shit. Yo, five cool. times this year on their reunion. Oh I nice. Drove to like three different cities to go see them. No shit. Yeah. Um, and if you want to do a custom one, yeah, you, basically you just send us a an image. And we we doctor it up and we put it through our uh, our software and spits it out in the laser. And is that 152 or is it yeah 150? So no matter yeah yeah anything. I, I mean we have a lot of people come in and get like portraits with their kids or no their shit. their dog or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like what's what's the turnaround? Uh, we get sometimes even the same day. No shit. Yeah, I mean like we get a lot of foot traffic on the way to like the the sporting events and whatnot. So if folks will come in all decked out in Seahawks gear and be like, hey, I want this Cortez Kennedy piece. It's yeah. like rad. Then you know, come see us after the game. We'll be ready for yeah. you. No shit, that's yeah. so awesome. Wow. And yeah, so I guess sky's the limit. You know, like so if like you're a business and you want like just really cool artwork on your wall, like it's definitely a talking point. Um, just out of curiosity, how do you um, how do you get away? And I get away like um, when you're using like other bands and like other like people's artwork. Is there like just kind of like a rule where like just I ask because like when I ever do the pop up dinners, there's always these like like with Wu Tang, they're like, Don't fucking touch our logo. No, blah, blah. totally. Yeah, like, you gotta be you gotta be careful with, with copywriting and whatnot. Yeah. So I mean like we um I guess it's a testament to success question mark. We <laughs> yeah, got yeah. we got we got our first cease and desist from oh, cool. uh the Hendrix estate. And I guess it was because um uh right when we opened last month, uh King Five's evening magazine came in and did a whole whole spiel on us yeah. and at the on our front entrance area, there was like we made like a, a just a portrait yeah. of Jimi Hendrix, and it was just up on the front sign, and they're just like, "Hey man, we saw that." 
Uh, you got to take that down. We're like, yeah. all right, that's that's cool. It's no big yeah. deal. But which is ironic because we recently made a piece for Jimi Hendrix's son. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't know he had a kid. Yeah. Um, so he had a piece made of his dad, and we we gave it to him. Okay. And so we're like, wait, are, so are we cool? Are we, are cool? we yeah, not yeah. cool? Like, where do we stand on this? You know? so, like, so it's always kind of like a gray area. Like big signals. Of, yeah, yeah. If someone said to stop, you would stop. But like, no yeah, no, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're not we're not out to try to make money off of somebody else, and like we try yeah. to keep things as original as possible. Cool. Yeah. yeah. If you do a Beatle one, you'll probably hear from Michael Jackson's. <laughs> as long as it's not Yoko, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> cool with that. Um, let's see what you know. What I've been. This is a dumb story, but I'll tell it anyway. Um, I just wanted some fries the other day, and um, I was buying McDonald's, and I went. Oh God, but, Sid. I, and I know. I like. I, I as soon as done, I was like, why didn't I just go to Burbs? Because it's literally the same fries and like half the price, right? But um. But I went to McDonald's. I got uh, it was like six bucks for a large fry now. Just so for if anyone that's like, oh, I can go to McDonald's because it's cheaper. No, you can't. Um, but like I got them, and they're like ice cold. No. And and um, so and like I was picking up my daughter, and I was like driving, and I was like, they're so bad. I got a call for six bucks. Like I'm not throwing these away. Six like if they're like two bucks or three bucks, I'd be like fuck it. But like six bucks is a lot for fries. It is, um, man. And um. So like I, I fucking called while I was driving to my daughter's school and I was like, hey, I just got these fries. They're super gross. Like, can I just get a refund? Whatever. Um, and the guy's like, oh, do you have a receipt? And I, I'm like, nope, no receipt. But I was there literally like 15 <laughs> seconds ago. And then um, he's like, did you go through a drive thru? I'm like, yep. Yeah. He's like, let me look. And he's like, no, there's no orders for a large fry here. What? And I'm just like, wow. And you know me, I'm fucking petty as fuck. Like if they just yeah. said sorry, it'd be done. But now he's lying to me. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. And so you turn um, around. Uh, well, no. He's like, well, if you want to come back, you can get a refund. But I'm like, it's out of the way. I'm not doing it. Um, and then I'm like, but this is great. Like, you you don't remember me? Like, I can I can hear his voice. I remember the same guy. I'm like, you don't like 15 seconds. He's like, no. And then he hung up on me. Oh. <laughs> remember how petty I am? Yes. I call back. Guess what? They blocked my number. Oh my god. Fucking McDonald's. You've been 86 from McDonald's. Dude. I got 86 from McDonald's. And then I'm pissed. <laughs> And so I do fucking go back. Yes. Because I'm like, this is insane. Like, this is McDonald's. You walk in, kick that fucking and, and door like, open, like, Sid. I do a Karen check. I'm like, am I being a Karen at all? Like, is this just fucking like, am I being, I'm like, no, like $6 for fries and they're disgusting, whatever. And so I go to the drive-thru and I get them and the guy, like, the guy's there. I go, uh, I go, yeah, these are gross, whatever. And then I go, um, why'd you hang up on me? And he just like. I, I didn't answer the phone. That wasn't. It got, oh, he just started he did, back. Like, oh, he did not think I was gonna come yeah. back because I said like, "Oh, I'm out of the way. I'm not coming Have back." Have you ever seen the movie Falling Down? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. It's one of my favorite movies in the world. <laughs> and thank you, McDonald's, for making all of us look good because I've had customers walk in twice this week and be like, "Yo, value meals are sixteen dollars now." <laughs> so thank. I, I just yeah. turned around and came to Buckshot. Honey was like, "Fuck that." Yeah, might as well support local. It's a great time to support local. Um, here, there, did I send you in the 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 fried chicken? Uh, drama in Tacoma I don't this oh, is um, I don't know people send me all kinds yeah. of crazy shit too. so so um there's let's see I don't want to screw this up I also don't want to get a cease and desist either but um there's a place called Buddy's um uh and I guess they do like uh fried chicken sandwiches and there's a place called Al's and Al's seems do you guys go to Tacoma at all you know any of these places no no um and no. so like I don't know how it came up on feed but like I guess Al's is like seems like Instagram followers wise is bigger. It's like twenty thousand followers, but it's about five. I think Al's maybe corporate. I don't know anything about it. I don't want to get okay. sued. Yeah, but I guess like the owner of Al's um, made a comment on like a Facebook thread about like the other one. And it's like a very subtle comment, 
And then Buddies decides to have fun with it and starts making these kind of funny memes of like, oh, like I saw you talking shit. And like, you know, very funny. Like, um, I put, I reposted one where it's like a Nicki Minaj thing talking to. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just very funny memes. And I'm like, I am here for this. Like, it didn't seem brutal. It didn't seem vicious. It was just like the first comment was just like, oh, the fried chicken is not similar or something like that. You know, just like yeah, kind yeah. of a stab. And then it just snowballed. Um, and it was fun to watch because like, oh, these people were getting into it. And like, um, you know, Buddies was a small guy. I kind of feel like. And everyone's like supporting them, and then and then it kind of got mean because like people started going to the other thing and commenting stuff. And then I didn't look at the Reddit, but um, but what's funny is so buddies uh takes everything down and he posts like this, and the video's still there. He's like, hey, you know, um, you know, got a letter just saying chill out, like so everyone just like kind of leave it alone. And I don't know, it was just I I reached out to uh, both places. Buddies just was like. Um, you know, I was like, hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And he's like, you know, I'm in Tacoma, too busy. Um, and then I reached out to Al's because Al sent him, like, I guess a cease and desist and also sent someone there, like, to talk to him. Um, not in a violent way. I don't know if it's a violent way. But, um, <laughs> but it's just funny. And I, I was kind of bummed. I was like, man, going to cease and desist way is such a, I don't know. Like, have fun with it, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess you can say that until something happens to you. But uh, I don't know. I've never been in that position, hopefully. The great fried chicken war of Tacoma. <laughs> Tacoma. I know. <laughs> I kind of like it. I mean, I think part keep keeping everybody on their yeah. toes and having a little push back little and forth. Fun. Totally, yeah. man. Did you uh, do you see that anchovies and um, salt post I posted? Probably. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I was a lot mad. Oh about yeah, it. the yeah. one where they some TikToker it did was like a terrible, video. Dude, I, I was so bummed out. Why don't you? Because I don't want to get heated. But can you describe it? Well, it was like you know how TikTokers make the effort and edit like these these. I don't know if you can call it talented, but um, these videos together to, uh, you know, showcase a restaurant or a business they've been to. Somebody did the exact opposite and put one of these videos together to pretty much hurt a restaurant and kind of tear them down. And uh, it's a Vietnamese restaurant who was obviously built from this. uh, I think a dude owns it. I forget his name, but, uh, you know, he, he saw, he was, a he, he kind of tried to replicate one of his favorite restaurants in Vietnam here in Seattle. And it looks like a beautiful joint, but this place just, or this, this person, this lady, I believe, uh, made this video and just tore it apart. Well, it it just said like brutally honest review. Um, the biggest thing to note is during their soft fucking opening. Yeah, man. Do you, um, Neil, can you explain what soft opening is for people that don't know? Soft opening is like a trial period for a restaurant business. Friends and family. Friends usually. and family. Yeah. Normally, it's okay to make mistakes there. Yeah, yeah you're just you're just kind of working out the kinks. Yeah, yeah. you're you're you, you say like, all right, this is what we're doing, and so it's like officially a safe zone for you to make these mistakes right. and be like, okay, we made See a mistake. Yeah. how can we fix it? You know? Yeah, I don't know. It was a, it like I don't want to give. Her, I'm not gonna say who it is or like give her the. I did email her say like, hey. We're probably going to talk about this because it's kind of shitty thing to do to a restaurant during a soft opening. Um, she was from San Francisco. She was bitching about like how the rice was five dollars and like all these things. It was one hundred fifty people for three people. I mean, it's better and than six dollar fries. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> five dollar rice or six dollar fries. Yeah, um, I found the name of the podcast. But um, but uh, <laughs> but you know, it just it's so maddening because like like I shouldn't let it bother me because they're just dumb. They're just dummies, you know. Like. Um, the comments are brutal. Is this like an influencer or something like that? Or? I wouldn't say that. She in her in her um is an actual food critic or something like that. No, oh. it's just a dummy. Like, no, you, you know, know, like there's a lot of people on the internet these days who just wake up one morning and be like, I'm gonna become a food blogger today. Yeah. I eat food. I know a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> eaten food my whole life. And so they start writing about it and you know, it comes across like it comes across. Is that right about so yeah, it was it's um I think what like the lady's a dumb dumb because like 
I got a bunch of Those are mess- harsh words, Sid. I know. Well, <laughs> going scorched earth yeah. over here. But but um, you know, I got a lot of messages, a lot of messages on this one. But the funniest thing is, like, literally everyone post forward me like her next video was like, here's how much I spent at Coachella. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and it's so fucking tone deaf because she's bitching about like three or four people eating for 150 people and <laughs> having multiple courses. And um, yeah. Well, anyway, fuck you, don't come back to our city. Um, and you're a terrible person but um but <laughs> but um signed the seattle restaurant podcast yeah but um maybe that should be the <laughs> fuck you don't come back to your city sign the seattle restaurant podcast um but you know what the the comments was mad like i remember the my favorite comment i posted it and i took it down because i'm like i'm not gonna i don't want to get this petty i don't want to shine too much light on it but one kind like the comments are dumb but like one of them was like oh they can't afford their rent so they're passing it along to their customers <laughs> oh my god that doesn't even make sense <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Uh, oh, I ate was at McDonald's this week. Um, oh, uh, I, I ate at some place cool, Fall, Falling River Meats in uh, North Bend. It's a new butcher shop, sandwich shop. Oh, that's shop. when like the meat literally falls from the floor and or falls from the ceiling. Yes, whatever you catch in your mouth, no, it's like no. a revolver sushi thing, but, <laughs> but meat from the. Okay, sorry. Anyway, Falling River Meats, a uh, bunch of locally raised livestock, butcher case, sandwich shop. Uh, they make these. I think it's probably their. I mean, it's tasty as fuck. Uh, these gluten-free corn dogs that they make oh, in, in in-house, mm-hmm. and the uh, I don't know what kind of hot dogs are using in there, but you you can taste the smoke in them. Like it's really well done. So if you're in the area, check it out. North, you said North Bend. North Bend, Falling Rivers Meats. Neil, yeah, yeah. How do you grow old in the industry? It's a great question. Uh, you came up with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it. <clears throat> I think it looks different for for everybody um it's something that you know i've been cooking for 16 years it's started in high school it's pretty much all i feel like i know how to do um fast casual fine dining everything across the board i mean i think you got to start high and then you can kind of drop down and find your own lane Mm -hmm. um i was at the barking frog for many years and and those were really good years to kind of get me like um, we were there with denali I was there. I saw that he was on one of the casts. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's the homie." Yeah. Um. I was there for a little. We had a little overlap. Actually, real yeah. quick, not to go back to it, but like with the with the anchovies and salt thing, I was like not that pissed. And then I found out Francis. I don't know if you work with Francis at Barking Frog, but he was a homie that helped out at Wu Tang. Is one of the chefs over at, and so I got extra mad because like he's a homie. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, sorry. Back on our own. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. I mean, back to the question: How do you grow old? I think it's. Um. I don't know. I, I I think I'm I think that's what I'm thinking about you know just yeah. like trying to set myself up maintain the body maintain mental health and, it's, yeah and I mean uh, with with Kutu, my food cart like it's it's a hard summer it is seven days a week twelve thirteen hour days and it's awesome I love my job I love my job so fucking much even in the winter it's fun um, it's always a fun job but I am like. I'm 42, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know if I could. And like, and I start thinking about the exit strategies and like, does that look like I expand and get employees or what? I, I haven't figured it out yet. Um, like how much of your joy comes from you cooking the food and being with the people? Like, would you get as much joy if you just had somebody out there slanging your food with your. Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not for me. Right. I mean, and I think for, for most creative people, I don't think, I I don't think that's the answer, right? Like you, you build up this brand, you have this idea for the space, the concept, the food cart, whatever it is. And, and then you get to the point where maybe you're like, maybe it's time to have kids. Maybe it's time to give, maybe it's (laughs) time to give my sous chef a shot at being the chef de cuisine. And next thing you know, you're just like running around putting out fires and you're like, well, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, that that's kind of my thing and that's why when i think about expanding and like getting employees like it doesn't matter where you are in the like if you're the owner or whatever you're always working 80 hours a week so like i might as well just make it as small of a business as i can and just do it myself um and small businesses i'm just like what i mean this is something else i was trying to you know yeah. talk about was just like how where did we go wrong when portland's so close and they have just the blueprint for integrating small business spaces into the communities, yep. the cities, the small fucking neighborhoods. I'm just like, why do we have Delancey, Fathead, Rosalini's, and just like a handful of all or like smaller neighborhood spots? Like, right. I'm just like Laura Miller and her fucking 6,500 square foot restaurant lease. I'm just like, <laughs> are you trying to just destroy people? You so know, what, what would like, you like to see? Like, I just, just like I would like to see between small and large. Like I'd like to see these bigger buildings going up with retail, commercial space on the first floor, street level. Are you talking about like South Lake Union, or are you talking about everywhere? I guess yeah. I mean, it's popping up everywhere, but yeah. you know, just like I want smaller kind of. I guess Ben's Bread's a good example, yeah. right? Like yes. that new development. There's like six small businesses on the on on the street level. Right. You know, that's a great idea, but I'm just like there's usually some permitting involved with that with the city where like yeah. we're like seventy five percent like at least on our little strip in Snoqualmie, seventy five percent of it has to be retail. Yeah. Which leaves twenty five percent for other Neil, totally. do you think you're just seeing a lot more just like larger companies coming in and taking up those spots? Do you think it's less risk <laughs> for the developers and stuff? I mean, yeah, I think there's I think there's probably less risk when you're looking at some of the restaurant tours in Seattle. Yeah who have, you know, more clout, maybe five or six restaurants, yeah. you know, in their, in their, in their, in their bag. And it would be nice to see incubators to, you know, like, I think, I think stuff like the Fremont market and stuff like that is great for, for helping out, but it would be nice to, for it to be easier for someone like me to be able to like get keys, something like that. Totally. You, what, what are you doing with your Wallingford spot? Uh, well, right now we have a, a lease that's in there for the next like 16 months. A restaurant? Or no, they're a framing company. Got it. Yeah, so we're, they're in there for now. We're going to be exploring the options for, like, change of use and whatnot, and as long as it doesn't get crazy, um, we'd like to open up a, a bar and restaurant in there. And we have we own the adjacent parking lot as well. Okay. And I really, I mean, I know food trucks have to deal with all kinds of different struggles and whatnot mm-hmm. in the city, but, like, I'm wondering, wh- like, like what you were saying with, with Portland, it's like, why don't we have all these, like, food truck pods? Someone is, shit, tr- you know? I, like, like, well, it's something I talked with Josh Henderson, and he was like, dude, like, I think he might be trying to do something with that. Like, yes. And I, like, I talked. That's like, what when, the Burbs and Montlake feels like, is, like, I, almost like a. Is there a bunch of things there? No, no, no it's okay. just one. But I'm just saying it's, so, it's got that vibe to so where again, it could be heading that direction. Um Eater, Eater asked me a couple questions about last year, and they're like, what would you like to see in, in, in uh, 2024? And that was the number one thing I saw, like. Going to Portland is such a vibe, mm. and I said like Asian Street, um, in so or was that uh, downtown? Um, they are kind of doing a cool indoor version of it, but like, there's no reason to have like like it'd be so dope if we had like the Fremont Market, but just open permanent. over time, permanent, have a bar. Um, and can we yeah. get a night market for Christ's sake, dude? Like, that was exactly what I was gonna like, say. The city needs late night food in such a profound way. Well, um, I mean, yeah, and and uh, we we do the one at Magnuson Park, but yeah, like a, a, a late night. I would love to see more. I think everyone agrees we want more late night stuff. It's just a little bit of trust from the from 
the people that run them and the people that go to them. Like, um, you know, I, I, I saw some comments somewhere about like, oh, like these restaurants are, are posting hours and they're closing early or whatever. Well, like, you know, have you been to like a restaurant that says they're open till one in the morning and no one's there at fucking 9 p.m.? Like, what are you going to do? You know, mm. so like same thing with the night markets and the events like, you know, Ryan Reader, he's putting on night markets and, and it just you got to fucking go and support. And, um, you know, a lot of things are like for these night markets, they're doing the, the Christmas market thing where they have to charge a little bit of admission to like track numbers and blah and a lot of people they're getting like a pushback about that and um you know it so i guess it comes down to the support um and uh you know last week i think we, i said that we're gonna do a food uh, like a street food festival at the fremont market this uh last sunday they're gonna push it to next sunday yeah, so i got canceled because of the cold well <laughs> not because of the cold because of the promise of cold oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and um it was I, i'll tell you that, that you know it's one of those funny um things in street food where like uh, I was really expecting a shitty day yesterday on Sunday because this weather has been dog shit. Like, I literally told my dog, like, just shit in the house because I'm not taking you out because, like, it is so <laughs> fucking cold. And, um, and I remember just kind of planning for a shitty day yesterday. And then, like, five of the, like, vendors didn't come because, like, they're just like, oh, it's going to be so cold. I'm not coming. And then the sun came out. It was fucking beautiful when I sold yeah, out. Man, and, like, I, it just, yeah, I had, yeah, a, I had so, a big day yesterday. So, so those are the things I think about when I think about these, like, little pods. Like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, you know, rain, blah, 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 but like, it, you know, yeah, you get used to it. You live in Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, I think the big problem, it's just like, you know, um, who, you know, who can buy these plots of lands when, you know, Amazon's going to come in and like scoop them up anyway, you know? Um, I feel like a lot of, I remember early on, like maybe 10 years ago, when I had Brent Circuses, I don't know, like seven, eight years ago, like South Lake Union was trying to do it. And they would have these pods, and we'd get a pod, someone to organize it. It'd be great. It'd be popping off. It'd be like six food trucks in this parking lot. Next week, hey, uh, I know you had this plan for the next six months, but uh, someone just bought the land, and we're going to build another office building kind of thing. So, you know. I wish Amazon would go away. Well, if there's one thing we've learned from them in that, in that particular case is, like, you know, we have to do it on our own. So, like, you know, we have, we have nine parking spots in that, in that lot, and it's just like, well, fuck it. Let's just bring all the people we know that makes great food, actually want to be part of the fabric of the community, and let's just do it ourselves. Are you saying you might want to open up a food pod in Wallingford? I am saying I, yes. Cool. <laughs> um, how do you feel about Sri Lankan food? I'm into it. I mean, <laughs> let's get weird. Yeah. Um, no, that'd be dope. Yeah. Um, well, maybe, yeah. Well, well, like, I have been talking about this, so if it is something you're doing, we'll keep on promoting it, and that'd be, that'd be fucking dope. Um, can we talk about the live podcast real quick? Okay. No, let's talk about the very end. Don't let me forget about it. I'm pretty stoned. Right. <laughs> um, Neil, uh, before we get out of here, what would you like to plug? I know you got your crab dinner coming up. Is that sold out right now? I think we got a couple spots left in the February dinners. So and if I want to get tickets, how do I get tickets? You're going to just go onto the website really easy. You'll see our class offerings and then dinner offerings. Um, and anything else you want to push out of the pantry? So it's the dinners, it's the classes, yeah. um, camps. Camps cater. We've just kind of broken back into catering. So uh, if you're looking for, you know, a, a wedding or, or a small plated dinner somewhere, you know, on Snoqualmie. Do you, you know. have any? Can you do it for two people? Can you do it for any size? Yeah, I'll do a small two-person dinner out in Snoqualmie um, for sure. Me and me and Dave are celebrating you know, <laughs> what our tenth <laughs> friendship anniversary, and um, we're. <laughs> it's longer than that. So I have no idea. Yeah. Well, we had that fight, and then we stopped. Being oh friends. yeah, we yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Anything else? I think that's good. What, yeah. What's the, what's after crab? What's the next dinner? After crab, uh, we got a one of our chefs. Uh, her name is Becky Selengut. She's going to be releasing a new misunderstood vegetables cookbook. Okay, so what, it's what does that a, mean? It's just like <clears throat> you know a book 
all veggie based about some, you know, vegetables that most people probably haven't worked with. Celery, ac, mm-hmm. kohlrabi, things yeah. like that. Oh, cool. Um, so it's a cookbook dinner. Um, oh, right. And then we're doing a Southeast uh, uh, Indian dinner. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And so. then is that, um, do, do you ever bring in guest chefs? Well, obviously, you like, to do, like if, if I want to do, let's say someone's like, I want to do a dumb pop culture pop-up dinner. Like, if, <laughs> can, can if, I just call you up and... and yeah, and, if you wanted to come in and do a pop-up, yeah, we could... For any chef? Like, or just me? Yeah, I mean, I think we love, <laughs> I love to, I think part of the business is trying to get as many different people to showcase their skills yeah. within the community. That's a big part of the business. So. Do you like, um, do you have a mission statement for the pantry or like what, what is, obviously, you know, money is important, but like, um, you know, there's other ways you can be making money. Like what is the, what is the overlying goal of the pantry? Overlying goal. I think it's, uh, you know, creativity, um, passion and, you know, uh, hospitality yeah yeah i will say uh i think you're probably the mo- number one most requested guest we got i had a bunch of people like hey, do you guys know about the pantry what's going on in the pantry so thanks for coming on man I yeah appreciate thanks for it. having and, me um and uh yeah i want to check out what you're doing and maybe it'd be fun to collaborate sometime that'd be great um dustin sir w- what else is happening uh if- just rocking and rolling at skyline just yep. getting that going and so real quick you can go see the store at what's the address again it's on 1115 first avenue it's cool. on first and seneca and when are you open we are open uh tuesday through saturday uh 9 a.m to 5 p.m okay. How, how's how's uh traffic been down there awesome it's yeah. easy yeah i cool. mean it's it's pretty chill down there right now Fuck yeah and then um black hat when are you open black hat seven days a week we're open from two to two um stay tuned for more blind tiger cocktail company stuff um i'm doing some cruises with celebrity cruise lines and oh, costco shit. travel so we're gonna be going looks it looks like we might be going to western europe scandinavia asia no and way. caribbean that's awesome. wow that's fucking you don't yeah. stop uh, man no but um and then you're telling me you're like so with the with the black or with the um with the uh consulting uh gig you were saying you did like Filson. What what are some of the fun things you've been doing? Uh, we just did a, a couple of rad events with uh, with Filson at their yeah. headquarters down there in Soto. Yep. Um, we did their holiday party. It was like three thousand people. Dang! All having cocktails <laughs> at like nine a.m. Yeah, ten a.m. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. And then I did their um, New Year's Eve party as well. And uh, sounds like we might have some upcoming events with them as well. Cool. Fuck yeah, Dave. Anything coming up? <clears throat> um. I've just been cooking a lot of specials of Buckshot Honey, and, yeah, pe- seen and people have been yeah. selling. Uh, we've been selling out of them, and so okay. thank you, everybody, who's been coming by and getting them. It makes me feel great. What, what special did you do this week? Um, well, we sold out of ribs for the first time yesterday, the baby back ribs, which was really hard to you know get out there and start a fire at 6 in the morning in 15-degree <laughs> heat. But, um, but hey, it was worth it. Yeah. Um, I got a beautiful bottom round from Preservation Meats in Pure Country, and uh, I braised it overnight in a uh, really nice ancho, served it over Yukon. Just really like, yeah. really home, like comfort food, you know? Um, How, I mean, what, what's that mean for you, like um, doing specials? Like what does that do for you? It, it gives me the creativity yeah. that, um, you know, it's kind of like why I, um, like, my employees are wonderful, but they're not, you know, they don't think about food day and night like yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I, I miss that being part of uh, a kitchen brigade or, and that's what I get out of this podcast too, yeah. is being around talented people that I can learn from. Yeah. And so uh, it gives me an outlet for for that to be yeah. like, oh man, I, yeah. one of our guests said this, I'm going to go check that yeah. out and try it. You know, I, I, T- talking to Demond um, yeah. gives me a lot of inspiration, totally. and, and so talking to everybody who comes yeah. through this room gives me inspiration, yeah. and I go fuck around with that. Um, like today, uh, a friend of mine got a deer, and so he oh, brought cool. he brought me a deer shoulder through through the week, and 
when I get home, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get that deer shoulder, <laughs> get it in the oven, get it going, and yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Larson. Um, Larson made brought me a beautiful knife, nice. which uh, I really want to. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one of those little videos like that lady did, but it's gonna be all positive <laughs> about this motherfucker's artistic knife making skills. I, I don't believe in doxing, but I think my comment was like, "We sh- there should be a Yelp for customers." Oh my god, <laughs> dude! I've been saying that's kind of how this podcast started. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Okay, we got a couple minutes left. I want to talk about this. Fuck! I'm so goddamn excited. I'm so goddamn excited about this. It's been a dream of mine to do a live podcast. I um, you know, I've always loved comedy podcasts. Like, does loved movies. I've gone to live podcasts and. And um, I was waiting for the right thing. I'll just tell how tell you how it happened. But um, so what we're gonna do is that cheeky and dry next next Monday. Is that my kid? Yeah, I hear your kids. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on <laughs> one second. Yeah, buddy, come on in. Um, so next, I got it. You got it. Yeah, I got okay. it. You can keep going. Okay, so um, next week. Um, uh, I'll cut this out. I'm not going to cut this out. Okay. Um, <laughs> next week uh, at Cheeky and Dry, the non-alcoholic uh, uh, bottle shop at um, Infinity, uh, we're going to be doing a live podcast at 10 a.m. To get in, just shoot me a message on our Instagram at the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. And it's first come, first serve. We're only going to be able to fit about 15 people in the store. As far as the lineup goes, I have my best friend Brady flying in from L.A. who runs the uh, the Beverage Junkie Podcast about uh, sober drinks. So he's going to be putting his two cents in. He also runs a pop-up uh, in, in L.A. And he also uh, has worked in the beverage industry for a while. Um, on top of that, we're going to... I miss all that. Can you repeat it? Yeah. <laughs> um, is my kid okay? Oh. I'll have to listen to this. She's in bare feet. I told her to go inside. <laughs> uh, listen to Uncle Dave. Um, so it's, it's, it's MOK Day, and I forgot that kids yes. don't have school. Um, so that, so, so I'm, I'm podcasting and, and watching my kids at the same time. Um, with, with, uh, it takes a village, though. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Um, okay, so as far as guests, we got Brady, we got me, we got Dave. We're going to have um, uh, our buddy David Nichols from 8Row, who also runs um, Ben's, Ben's Friends. Friends. Uh, they're going to be talking a little bit, and then we're going to have two local makers, um, Ark, who which we tried on the podcast, yeah. and then we're going to have uh, Nowhere, which is a, a, um, a non-alcoholic company, and they do some other stuff out of Ballard. Um, and on top of that, there's a dude named Kenji that's going to come by. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a big one. Yeah, um, man. So, I'm, so I'm really excited about it. So um, yeah, so but I'm, I'm going to tell Kenji not to post about it until we make sure just like fans of the podcast uh, come in. So, so please message me. Um, don't be a dick. It's 10 a.m. on on this Monday, the twenty second. So uh, if you can't go, don't just save a ticket. Um, just make sure you can be there. If you have a normal ass job that you, that where you can, so you know, it, you know, unless you're working risk. Take an early lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'd love to see you. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna, um, yeah, we haven't figured out what the fuck we're gonna do, but it's gonna be funny and it's gonna be great. Um, and we're not gonna get hammered. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's I'm really excited about this, and then we're gonna start working on some more. So also, last thing, um, if you do want to go to the Run Jules, Jules dinner, it did sell out a long time ago, but like. Like, I guess um, we're offering refunds, and some people have messaged me like, oh, I can't make it. Like, And so so I guess keep an eye on Eventbrite because um, tickets are, like, coming in as people get refunds. And I don't know, but that's – you should have bought tickets earlier. Um, 250 <laughs> fucking tickets, not my fault. Hey, if man, you're, if have you're fun with the, that, dude. If you're, if you're one of the assholes that, like, oh, dude, like, I, I didn't get a ticket, that's how tickets work. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so anyway, um, guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, go see Dustin at the Black Cat. Go see Neo at the Pantry. Go see Dave at...
Buckshot Honey. I forgot the name of it. No, I was trying to come up with a trip. You're, yeah, you're trying to anyway, think of something clever, um, weren't you? Yeah, I know. I'm not that clever. Anyway, uh, so remember, fuck you, stay out of my city. I will see you next time on the Seattle Restaurant Podcast. That's the first time we ever did. Congratulations. <laughs>